0: Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week, we watched Crimson Peak, directed by Guillermo del Toro and released in 2015. The plot goes something like this. When a tall, seductive stranger sweeps into Edith Cushing's life, she ignores ghostly premonitions and mysterious happenings to follow her heart. (laughs) Yeah. And you know her eyes. <laughs> I'm sure that didn't hurt her loins. I'm pretty sure that was a factor in this one. Oh my goodness, Hills is so so pretty in this movie, and so I mean, so perfect, so attractive in this movie, so right for the part. Yeah, just perfect in his, the level of seduction. Poor old Charlie Hunnam doesn't stand a chance, especially with his terrible accent. Yeah. Uh, so, Crimson Peak is kind of a I, I felt a couple of times during that it's basically the Pacific Rim of horror movies. <laughs> like, sure. Only in the fact that it's it's sort of like, let's hit all these tropes mm. with the most kind of basic dialogue that fits into this world. That's like, I don't know, there were these things that it did that I felt very were very similar in the kind of conceptualization of what a horror movie is. In terms of Pacific Rim, mm. the same thing with, like, the conceptualization of what, like, a kaiju movie is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, these things are really cool, but the story doesn't really get there. No, it doesn't live up to the awesomeness of the the scene and the cinematography and the set and all the, and the cool actors, stuff. The actors are terrific in it, apart from mm. the accenty dodginess. There's some, some accent problems, which Pacific Rim also has. Yes, because, again... Why do they keep casting people who aren't the nationality of the people that they're playing? I don't understand it. This is such a big trend in Hollywood Mm. at the moment. And in this movie, you've got exactly two people in, I think, the whole movie – Playing within their own accent, mm-hmm. Jim Beaver as me, as uh, Edith's dad, which was, by the way, such a weird thing for me to watch because I'm just like there's Bobby from Supernatural playing her dad. But all I could see was Bobby. I'm sorry, Jim Beaver. I know you're a nice person. I've met you before. However, I could still only see Bobby. I I didn't watch Supernatural quite as much, so I have I see he seems to fit in the Wild West. And I looked him up later, and he, he was on um that Psych episode that was set no, in the Wild yeah, West yeah, town. No, he was on Deadwood. Oh, they, though, yeah, he, he was, was on like that he's too. known for that. So, I I felt like he fit right into the colonial America he type did thing. and I mean, obviously, it wasn't colonial. It was late 19th century, but yeah. And there were some interesting things that they played with with his sexism and stuff that mm. I thought was quite interesting. Like, I thought they might just leave it, but, he, but Jessica Chastain actually full-on calls him out on it yeah, at one yeah. point, which was really interesting. Well, like, yeah, I think they were trying – they actually did try to play with the tropes that they were using. So, the, I think they had to play with some of the tropes about um the the benevolent misogyny type thing the yeah. paternalism of his yeah exactly and and i did quite like edith actually she's mm. she's not really like she gets scared of things but she doesn't let that stop her from doing the things anyway she's great which like is really that. interesting yeah. she always um, wants to get to the bottom of something yeah. so when there was that there was a great scene we, at, when she first goes out at night with the candle mm. candles and then there's this great scene where you don't see it but we see the she doesn't see it but we see like the scary face in the room with the gramophone record mm-hmm. but she's determined to go back in there even though she's seen the ghost even though she knows something's going on in that room so she's very like she won't stop in the until, cupboard yeah the it's like the yeah, cupboard yeah. yeah um even though she knows it's scary it's same with Enola and um and going down down below which the was, ground which which was one of uh Thomas's previous wives mm. which you know the whole uh, yeah, I, there's no surprises in this movie, which kind of, no. like, there are jump scares. No, there's not couple, very many of yeah. them, but there are jump scares, which was kind of weird to me because I'm like, if you're trying to be helpful, why do you keep scaring people? Well, I think that was interesting, though, is that the ghosts, you're scared of them at the start, but you're not by the end because you realize they're trying to help But her. they still make you jump every time. Like, mm. it's not that the ghosts are inherently scary. It's the jumps that, they're, and that they're desi- are designed And the way that it's designed as well like yeah. long hallways and not being able to see something in shadows and oh, there's a bit where and the music sp- the, it's it's for me it's always the music, about yeah. this the like because you've seen me when I go to horror movies for everybody listening um I'm just going to tell you something embarrassing about me when I watch horror movies I sit there with my fingers in my ears the whole so time I try I, t- I tried the same technique this time and it works quite well yeah I can watch it just fine. I have no problem with that. It's the it's the way that the music builds and then spikes. And it's always that spike of like the jump scare bit that gets me. And I don't, I like horror movies and like, I like the creepiness and all that sort of stuff, but jump scares still make me, they make me jump. Mm. And I don't enjoy that very much. No. Jump scares are like the main reason I don't like horror movies. So, um, I but I, I was willing to sit through this one for obvious reasons. Yes, and I have to sit through a horror movie every year because it's Halloween, and we have but to do I, a Halloween I do, episode. I genuinely like horror movies, and some jump scares I think are quite effective. But I also think a lot of the time they're just used because that's how you scare people, hmm. and that kind of annoys me. I feel well, like you should be able to be scary without having to like actually make thing. me jump every five minutes. Uh, but they me. didn't make you jump every five minutes. And I, I think they actually did a really good job of building suspense as well. Like they did, but it just I'm just like but. Jump scares should be of things that are scary not the good guys who are trying to help the hero. Well, I that's mean so that was, weird. I think that's what was good That's what I liked about the movie was that it was about taking you through some traditional horror tropes and actually using them against you like to to show you that they're not necessary like ghosts are ghosts they're not Yeah, you wouldn't have good seen or bad. Um, El Orfanato which is the orphanage um because it's a horror movie but uh and I think that's produced by Guillermo del Toro as well and that one has a kind of a similar idea in mm. that it is a story with a ghost in it. Yep. But it is not a, like, scary ghost story, yeah, it's, which it's is what they, they actually specifically reference in this one. Yeah. But that one is is kind of similar in that it's more like it's just a tragedy. And, God, it's so depressing. Well, it actually but, makes me think of um some that I have seen, like The Others, which is… I haven't seen that. No. Hey, I've seen I've seen a horror movie that you haven't, but it's not really a horror. It's it's more about She's dead, right? Yeah. Sorry, spoilers it's, for the others. A movie that is now like fifteen years old. Yeah. I watched it during uni. I was at a Spanish film festival. Um another Spanish director too, but I can't remember who off the top of my head. But it it's it reminds me of that. It's got the, the haunted house elements to it, but that's not the crux of the story or the crux of what it's about. It just uses Haunted House to explore right other things. Yeah. Yeah. It's a so metaphor. this movie it's a bit- Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about with the, the the similarities that I found between this and Pacific Rim is that like they they tell you everything that they're thinking and doing you and to feeling. Know. There's and no there is no metaphor or subtext. Right. Subtext. Like it just tell they and, and it really is something that frustrates me about when Guillermo del Toro writes movies. Mm. Like when he I mean but if you watch The Labyrinth it's not like that. Um Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yeah. Oh yeah, Sorry. that is that is such a good movie. It is really, really great movie. But also, it doesn't. It's the way that he writes in English. He's like, let's make this very clear. Let's just make it text. And the mm. the bit where Jessica Chastain at the end of the movie is just revealing everything to mm. to Edith. And I'm like, she should have been able to find some of this out herself, or she should be the one telling telling Lucille that it's happening shouldn't rather be, than the other be way being around. Told like that, yeah. I it I agree. It's it's not quite right. Yeah, and I think it's a language barrier thing. I do, yeah. And there's a there's a, a co writer credited, but clearly that hasn't quite translated. I think Del Toro does most of the writing and most of the directing, and do, it just that stuff. He just misses that. Some of the dialogue being too simple, and some of the um. And the accent thing. You can't hear the accents, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But also a, a lot of the people, not just us, in the cinema were laughing at certain parts of this. And I think it's its more the melodrama parts that people were laughing at. Yeah. I mean, this has some serious heavy-going melodrama, especially in the beginning of it. Yes, uh, yeah. Things like um, Hiddles turning up dripping wet at her house, like he waited for her father to leave and everyone was just like, uh-huh. Mr. Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, well, I mean, this was... This feels to me like Guillermo del Toro like, read Jane Eyre and then did what J.R.R. Tolkien did when he read Macbeth and he was like, but there are so many missed opportunities here. And then he just made the movie he wanted to make that was the- his version of Jane Eyre where there's instead of like the crazy old wife in the in the closet, there's the, I mean, in the attic, there's the ghosts. Yeah, because, I mean, it definitely and- hits on all those. Um, There's like a bigamy genre. There's that one and there's the one about the, I think it's Bluebeard, the guy who kills his wives and keeps them locked in a cupboard. There's that one episode of Buffy, which is Ted, which yeah. has the robot. That you get. There's like a subgenre <laughs> of like men who uh, seduce a young virgin and they already have a wife at home. Kind well, of. Well, Joyce is no young virgin, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's. Like but I mean, yeah, but the I mean, worst the, example. These, these ever, are like you know. These are sort of more ingrained stories, like Jane Eyre does it, and Bluebeard, which is meant to be a fairy tale, I think, and that is weird. That I remember hearing as a story, the child, the, as a child, the story of Bluebeard, the guy who kills his wives and locks them in this room. And he's got a new wife and she's got a set of keys to the house except for one key, which she's not allowed. And... Right. I, I know that trope, but I haven't heard that particular version of the story before. I, I might be making it up, but I do remember being read that story at um, some point. But that is the basis of Ted. It, it's, as well. it's one of those. And, and so he, he's. He, Brings in that, but he also brings in like the creepy incesty stuff, like Psycho, or I think a lot of actually. I think creepy incest happens in quite a few uh, Victorian era Gothic stories. You, you get incesty overtones in, yeah, um, you get Wuthering overtones, Heights, but this is not overtones. These this are is tones, like, <laughs> tones. Well, <laughs> yeah. Wuthering Heights is not so much incesty overtones as he mar- she marries her cousin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And now I've got that. Oh, I hate that song. I hate that song, the Kate Bush. <laughs> I hate, it's me, Kathy, I've come home. I hate that song so much. <laughs> I can't express how much I hate that song. Um, but anyway, Wuthering Heights, I don't. The, the only thing I can ever think of, I didn't ever read Wuthering Heights. I've never seen oh, a version I of Wuthering it Heights. in school. So I was had to study the song. Thankfully, I've never had to do any of that stuff. But So literally for me, whenever I think Wuthering Heights, I think Shoebox Project. Because of that one time that Remus had the dream where he was Kathy it's with Ro- was Rochester. Yeah. Not Rochester. Um, Rochester's from Jane Eyre. Yeah. yeah. No, he's Heathcliff. Cliff. I know. Yeah. Oh, yes. But the, the same kind of thing, though. Like, the Byronic hero thing. Yeah. And our, which, our Hiddles does the Byronic hero thing really well because you and I were both like, I've never been turned on by the Byronic hero before. No. In this movie it's just like oh. as soon as he shows up you're just like yep yep I see that I mm. can I can definitely get behind yep. why you're doing this whereas I'm a person who reads Jane Eyre or um Wuthering Heights for oh, that matter, read Jane and Eyre. goes like Jane you can do better than him yeah. leave him and that, this it's the same I get the same in, in Wuthering Heights as well I'm like really him like really you could do better I promise you could do better yeah yeah especially Jane cuz she's so much better Poor than Jane his. yeah <laughs> And and also there's a lot of racism involved in Jane Eyre as well, um, because the the wife in the attic is um mulatto, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I read this thing about it recently. Yeah, and somebody one, else wrote a book that was Jean from her Race point of view wrote and a sequel. Yeah, from her point of view. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, there's that. Why'd Saguasso see? Okay, I haven't read that, and I only just recently heard about it, but it's just interesting for me. Um, there is this movie has some black people in like servant servants roles. Yeah. Um, which is probably period accurate yeah. but also kind of depressing. Yeah. But then once we get to England there's no more black people and there's no more It's it's funny how the movie really feels like it's two different parts and I think mm-hmm. uh they I think Del Toro really made a mistake in continuing the Charlie Hunnam storyline while we were in crimson peak i don't like the cutting between them and i think it's because like we should be feeling this big build-up of claustrophobia and fear and every time it cuts away back to america it really jars yeah and it, it takes you out of that kind of fear and and it means that that moment of reprieve when they get out of the house and they sleep together at the at the hotel which should be really really like this kind of Deep breath in, kind of thing. Mm. It doesn't quite come yeah. off that way, and I think that would have worked better if they hadn't kept cutting back. As a scaredy cat, I appreciated it because it meant it meant a break in the tension. But yeah, I absolutely as a story, as a horror story, it doesn't work quite as well. I mean, I I guess they needed to kind of wrap that storyline up, but I don't know. I, I'm sure there could have been other ways of doing it because that house that was so good, the Crimson Peak house. Yeah, I'm pretty just, sure they built it. Yeah, I, I, guess, I I'm guessing somewhere. they must have. We'll have to look it up, but I I'm, I presume they must have because it's so specific, especially yes. the in, the the interior set. I'm really talking about because you just get a real you get a real sense of the the geography of the house, but also all of its little secret corners. And oh, it's wonderful. And they could have really really ramped the tension up in there. I think. So I just remembered the baby in the clay thing. Yeah, that just I, again that kind of made me laugh, even though it was supposed to be scary. Just because it's so telegraphed and so, like, it doesn't have the same effect for me. But I did appreciate – I mean, I appreciate the the aesthetic of it and Mm. the tension of it. And I really enjoyed it. Like, I thought it was fun, Mm. but I didn't really find it scary at all. Not at all. Like, the jump scares, yes, but none of the plot. Because I I knew – I figured out – I think part of the problem is that it telegraphs everything it's going to do for the rest of the movie in the first act. Like everything for me was in there, all of the information that I needed to know, mm. right? Yeah. I even I actually, well, I, th- I think I thought that because when I thought about whether I should put the spoiler warning on the start of the episode, I was like, eh, not really. There's nothing really surprising in there. No, because even there's these moments when like her dad gives her a pen and there's a close-up mm. of the pen and he says, you've got to have the right tools for the job. And I'm like, oh, she's going to kill somebody with that pen. Mm. She doesn't kill her, but she stabs her with it. Mm. Um, there's, there's all these bits and pieces, like when he confronts, the two of – when the dad confronts the two of them, mm-hmm. I was positive he knew about the incest. Yes. Which I was positive was already going on because there's this, like, he talks to her he, – when he's talking to her, he says, you and your brother, and he looks at him and you're like – he knows that they're sleeping together and he doesn't think they're brother and sister. Like, mm-hmm. that was – And he does think they're brother and sister. I, I don't know. Because I at that point, but, I didn't think they were brother and sister. But, it, it, yeah, I think – I think, I was, at that I think point he I like, thought she wasn't – his sister. Yeah, yes. I think that's what, what he I thought is too. that she was a previous wife or something. That's what I had thought until the yeah un- until it becomes clear that they are actually brother and I sister. I didn't think that. I thought it was incest from the get-go because I was like, because that's creepy. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, So, I, I I, think that because there were so few things in it that were of any surprise to me at all. I think the only thing that really surprised me was that there was more than one previous wife. Mm. That was something I didn't know. I was expecting that because the Bluebeard overtones. <laughs> Because I was like, of course, there are more wives. They're just I wasn't are. surprised when there were. I just thought that because I was so fixated on the Jane Eyre thing, I was like, Anola uh, is the, y- y- the the wife in the attic. attic. Um, yeah. so that was the only yeah. thing. And I, then I realized when I saw more than one ghost, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't quite so fixated. But we don't Jane see Eyre. more than one. Actually, we don't see more than one ghost of the wives. Well, we see mother. There are credit. They're all three wives of creditors' ghosts. Really? Yeah. That dude whose name I can't remember. Who, who, Javier Batet. Yeah, that guy. He's credited as all three previous wives hmm. as their ghosts. And then there's the Because the only ones I can think of are I, I, the I, I Enola would, ghosts. I couldn't tell the difference between the the ghosts, to be well, honest. No, because Mother had an axe in her head and she came up out of the floor that one time, right? I only remember seeing the axe when she was in the bath, but I do remember her, yeah. She that yeah, there's two scenes with mother that I can specifically remember where she comes up out of the floor. I know that I I wait, maybe that was Enola because I know I knew that was Javier Batet because I could see like the way he was moving was like mama. So, so Javier um, Batet wasn't playing the mother though. He was Right. So, I think that was Enola yeah. that comes out. Uh, but then there is there is another scene with the mother because I remember the axe in, in, in her head bath. before she's yeah. in the bath. Okay. I remember it in um, the bath. And there's so she might be, um Edith's mother as well. Who no, it must be Enola who comes up out of the floor because she's in the cupboard just before that when she yeah. opens it to get the things out. And those were Enola's. Those, I mean, those were clues about the wives, not about the mother. Mm-hmm. But I'm positive I saw the axe in the head before... Um, you probably did. I there is a chance I could. I, there was. I there were some jump scares where I was closing my eyes in anticipation. So because those were the only two, yeah. I didn't close my eyes for any of them. the The, the sight of them doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> um, but those are like I can only remember those two ghosts: Enola and and Mother. I I I, I think if you were a serious ones. fan of this, you could probably pick out the different ghosts. But as a person who's just watched once, it's probably not quite. I couldn't. But I mean, they they look good though. I like. I like the way And Doug Jones, are done. of course, is also a, jo- a ghost in this. He plays yeah, he's mother. Edith's mother. No, he plays. Does he play the mother as well? Because no, somebody's got to play mother, and I don't yeah, know who played that. I don't know, but it, he he was definitely credited as, as Edith's mother in yeah, yeah. the Yeah, yeah. The Crimson also be Peak mother. Ghosts were really cool like, with their red skulls and their, yeah, and their long, sticky limbs. And, 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 their, and their ectoplasmic uh, remains that yeah. like, float off them that I think are blood. It's blood, but
1: yeah. not. Oh, it's, um, it's that.
0: Because when we get the Hiddles ghost, we get the blood that comes out of his face because yeah Gilma de Toro really likes face stabbing. Facial wounds. He's big on facial wounds. What I don't get in this movie, like by the end of the movie, I'm like, why is everybody dumb? There's a point at which a doctor gets stabbed and pulls the knife out. And you're like, you don't pull the knife out, you dumbass! Like he's <laughs> stabbed in the, in the um, armpit. The it looks arm, like yeah. there's an artery that's been nicked because it's like blood shoots out when he pulls the knife. out. I mean he's just an eye doctor. I actually thought that was quite No, but, a cute... but he knew where to stab him so that he wouldn't die. So I did think it was quite a cute little idea for a subplot that um that Charlie Hunnam's character fancied himself Conan Doyle. I thought that was a sweet subplot. <laughs> it kind of was, but it didn't really play out. I felt like well it was could much have. more Conan Doyle. Well, Doyley. because he ended up like he was injured and then she had to get him out. Like it wasn't he didn't really have he didn't really f- Yeah, didn't have I I, to I could him. see what they were trying to do, right? So he's an archetype mm. that exists in these horror movies. He's uh the cop from Psycho, he's yeah. that guy. And they were trying to be like, "Oh, she doesn't need a man to save him." But in order to do that, they had to send the man to save him, thus making him totally save her, thus making him totally useless. Mm. Like he was useless. And also he walks right by the woman that he he is sure killed her own mother. Yeah. And you're like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? You know what's happening here. How can you be this stupid? And then ha- Edith does something in the attic that also made me think that. And then, um, and then Hiddles pulls the knife out of his face. And you're like, don't pull the knife out. You're making it worse. He probably killed himself by pulling that knife out of his oh, face. Yeah. I think. Uh, Gamerdottir wanted to do the ho- the body horror thing. It's why he likes bugs as well. He likes that sort of visceral horror type type thing, and and pulling the knife out, particularly the slow pulling the knife out. That Hiddles has to do. Do you know is what that really didn't bother me anywhere near as much as the spoon scraping scene? Oh, with the porridge. Yeah. Where that she's was- slowly poisoning her, and you know that she's poisoning her, and she scrapes the spoon oh. around and it every single time she does it, it takes like 30 seconds. And, and it's one of those noises, it's nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think I really do think that yeah, he's got this thing for body horror, and that's why the but hints the bugs. Yeah, I actually thinking about that one scene, I think they could have utilized the tension between Lucille and Edith Moore. I think that would have been really... Like, because they spent a lot of time building up the relationship between Edith and Thomas and I thought that was actually kind of believable Mm -hmm. that they loved each other and you could see that he loved her pretty early on yeah and they they kind of they did a good job of making everything really clear in their acting yes um that so so that they didn't have to have all the lines they had a lot of chemistry yeah they worked well together and that that little you know sex scene was really cute Mm, Um, it's very sweet but yeah I feel like they just needed to build up that that tension between Lucille and Edith more, especially after Lucille knows that Edith knows. Yes. They could have done a lot more with that, and instead they kept cutting back back to Charlie Hunnam, and you're Mm -hmm. like, stop cutting back to him. Stop it. Just focus, please. Yes. Sorry, I've stopped focusing, and I'm thinking about the bugs. Um, Well, I'm remembering something from history class about the Industrial Revolution. how They only used to have white moths, and then the Industrial Revolution turned all the moths black in that Victorian era, and it's only recently that they have different types of moths and butterflies in England now. Because they've cleaned up their act environmentally, So I was just thinking about that. They, I, I really, the uh, the moth motif that kept going around. And there were maggots too. I don't remember maggots. Yeah, that's remember when she goes to um, like she looks in the mirror when she first arrives. There's like maggots sitting on, on the table. They were flies. Oh, I th- I wasn't sure if they were maggots. No, or... no, they were flies. They had wings. They were buzzing. Oh, right. Sorry. Why was I thinking they were? F- I was thinking they were attracted to a dead body though. That's I think why I thought maggots in my head. Okay. Yeah. No, anyway, they were yeah. flies. Which I is again in the middle of maggots. England in the middle of winter is not to be expected. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. The bugs thing, I was just like, no, I actually, the only time I couldn't watch was when the ants were eating the butterfly, but that was only because I don't like bugs. It wasn't Mm. like a, I, I just no. don't like bugs. And and it was it, it was just very del Toro ish, that whole scene. The whole, you're a fragile little butterfly and you're going to get eaten by the other creatures. And that's just well, the that's cycle of life. It's so overt. But that's the thing, she's not that. No. she's not, And she they dress her the way they dress them, too, where with Jessica Chastain's deep reds and blues and all that, oh, sort that of stuff. Oh, that red dress, that first red dress. Well, that scene made me laugh a bunch of times. And I can't oh, with her why? her piano playing and the stupid waltzing thing. Yeah, the waltz thing where he was like, he oh, bypassed the girl he was that. supposed to. To ask, and oh, that was—it's so over the top and so melodramatic. I think, and and the the sort of, and the social climbing other girl who's interested in the title, and like that's why she's interested in him. And the mother, Charlie Hunnam's sister. Yeah, yeah, so silly. That stuff also, I think he's mimicking things that he's not getting the subtlety of, Mm. and so all the subtlety is removed from it. Like when you look at the dance scenes in Jane Austen, so awkward that scene. When you, when you. Uh, see, the dancing itself worked well. Yeah, but the, 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 all the lead up to it was just too much. Yeah, that much. was too much. The, the, the dancing itself, because they have good chemistry, worked quite mm. well. You were like, yes, I can see her falling in love with him and he's so gorgeous in this scene and yeah. it totally works. And every time, like, he had a little curl that would fall in front of his face and you're like, oh, my God. So, yeah. I, get what they were trying to do but yeah they he was mimicking Jane Austen kind of doing the really subtle dance scenes where mm. it's got to be like all of this sexual tension is building but they right. have to kind of hide it in their and they can't n- social touch ties. in certain way they can only touch in these tiny little ways yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he's not getting that no <laughs> that's not there it's all just writing you and then the, the scene where he eviscerates her book and you're like that in front of people that's not subtle well no especially like, especially as ever the crowd builds, like, it just doesn't – it seems like he would have probably stopped if the crowd had built. Yeah. And the crowd just built and it didn't make sense for it to be like that. No, that's another – that's another one of those – I'm really tired of movie scenes that have crowds that don't need – Crowds. Mm. I got annoyed with that in Macbeth recently yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just have them in private, guys. We don't need this. Yeah, certain this things is work not better necessary if they're not done in public. But you also didn't need to have the crowd. Like, she would have been embarrassed enough and without it, and that's what I mean. enough without it. it. Well, it would have been more sort of like. Menacing as well, like it would have been more um a bit a bit it would have been scarier for her like this yeah. guy turning on her the way that she hadn't hadn't expected and well but and, and it would have been able to those... see and they would have been able to she would have been able they would have been able to do with acting what they ended up doing in the letter yeah. where they. It, it would have been obvious to her that he was not he, doing this under his own volition. Yeah, it was pretty obvious to the audience, though, because, he again, he does do that through the acting. And mm. it, it's a it's a snake scene. It's a scene where he hates himself for having to do this thing, mm. but he has to do it. It could have worked well if her father had come in, yeah. but not everyone else. Yep. Because that would have set up the link with the father telling him to do it really well. It yeah. would have, the father would have gotten to see it happen. I think that actually might have worked. But the but way the that it actually happened didn't. didn't work um i actually there's a scene where jessica chastain sweeps into the into crimson peak and she looks just like snape she kind of arrives at the door and she's just flapping like a bat there's also uh the way that they shoot jim beaver's very violent death um god yes was it made it so obvious to me that she was the one killing him because they kept shooting her from behind trying to make it look like she was thomas and i was like oh it's obviously lucille Yes, well, that was exactly what I thought. I was like, it's clearly not him because yeah. they're trying so hard to make it look like him. And- yeah, I know that. And, but also when you actually piece together what happened that morning, it couldn't possibly have been him, which is interesting. No, because he's dropped. Well, it's obvious as soon as we get back to the house and, and the servant says, uh, Mr. Thomas dropped. So Thomas dropped the things. Yeah, off. he yeah. dropped the things off. Then he went back to the hotel, and then he waited for her. So there's no way it could have actually been him. No. Getting over there, then getting the letters over to her, then going back to the hotel. No. It was clearly Lucia left early, did that, and left. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, you don't even have to be be a detective to figure out what's going on in this movie. Um, <laughs> or an ophthalmologist. Or an ophthalmologist. So. There's that. I mean, it is really fun to watch, and yeah. it's really pretty. I really and the actors enjoyed are really it. Great. I almost enjoyed being scared about halfway through. She was creeping around at nighttime with her candelabra, and I was like, "I can't wait for this to come out. I can't wait for this jump." I actually got to enjoy it towards the end. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, the the design of the ghosts I thought was pretty good, but again, it was kind of this weird. Like, they were trying to make the ghosts look as creepy as possible, but not be as creepy as possible kind mm. of a thing, which was a bit odd to me. And it, it, there was a cognitive dissonance, I felt, with the actual ghosts for me. Yeah. In that the scariness of them, I knew what they were trying to do fairly, like, right from the first ghost appearance, actually, where she warns her about it. And it's mm. supposed to be, like, her mother coming back. And I'm like, well, if you... Why are you so creepy? It, well, exactly. If you were the child's mother, you wouldn't appear like that. Surely, surely you would appear in a more comforting way. Like, even if she can't help how she looks, she's not going to suddenly burst out of things yeah. and be and be like, <laughs> "Rattle the Crimson Peak." <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so weird. It's so yeah. Like, it doesn't. There's there's just a yeah. disconnect for me in that. Like, it's it, it would be creepy enough just to have her appear and maybe write a message or something mm. and, and the, the way the hand... Or, or she could have been like less on right up in her business as well. She climbs onto the bed with a 10-year-old and he's like, the crimson peak. <laughs> and she could have come into the room and done it in a more subtle way or just... I don't know. It 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 was a bit weird. And the the ghosts almost felt like demons, right? like they were yeah. po- like the house was possessed rather than this was a ghost visiting. There was something also that I read that was talking about how the walls bleed with the stuff that comes up and I was like yeah. that doesn't happen, right? It does. It happens when Jessica Chastain goes down into the um, into the basement when Charlie Hunnam is hiding and Mir's oh Mare's, right yeah, we just, we just yeah, I wasn't cleaver. paying attention to the actual walls the then, walls were was, bleeding at that point I, I was watching what was happening in the you know yeah. action Jessica no, <laughs> Justin coming down those stairs you, okay. the walls bleed behind her okay because I thought that could have been played up more and I also Re- thought the, definitely that the, the actual crimson peak the, the snow the coming red the, yeah. would have could have been used a lot more I thought those were underused and I think that's again because they didn't have time to do it enough because they were so focused on the America storyline yeah there there was definitely too much time in America yeah it would have been better to get to England faster get to England faster than stay in England and like if we have to cut back to Charlie Hunnam do it in better ways I guess because it was it was always at moments when I was like why are you breaking all this more subtly as well like he meets with burn gorman's investigator and we see oh, what we see the documents that burn has like yeah, mr yeah, holly yeah. has given him it would have been better to like have him hand them over and look at them and we don't see them yeah. and then and and we like see him suddenly like the first time when we yeah, see the dad. and we see him arrive in england all of a sudden and he's bolting to the door and yeah can i also point out i think my biggest problem with the movie, with the incest storyline was that they were 14 and 12 yeah that was weird like and it had clearly been going on for a while, and the mother had discovered it. Yeah, that's weird, right? Well, yeah, that's why that's <laughs> part of the horror of the whole thing, I guess. I know, that, but the, that, that, it's like, horrifying he's, enough that they're sleeping together. They're sleeping together when he's like ten. Apparently, is that a or thing? Or she's well, she's abusing him. Yeah, but she's only twelve. She's only twelve. Then, yeah, so yeah. So that, it's that. P- was... So what? Yeah. Well, I think that's a that's. I think in the background of that is that sort of claustrophobic upper class victorian childhood of locking the children away together and giving them no other company and they don't see yeah, yeah. any other children and it, it's that too close quarters and too little supervision and all that sort but of they thing. could have done that like that they had that going on but didn't actually start having sex till they were adults they didn't need to be having sex at 12 that was really like I, I well, thought I that mean, was too much yeah I mean you never know the mother could have just found out that they were behaving inappropriately at 12. that was not the implication that was going on there it was definitely implied that they were it was it that was weird that was like worse than the rest of the movie well, me. You've got it was to, that like, they were kids and and you've got to wonder what goes on in a kid's life that makes that happen to them like that that, that is what they turn to right but like, like can you really kind kind call a 12 year old is... girl a sexual predator well, if she's going no. after her brother no like that's yeah but that's that's the thing though like what like what kind of horrors were perpetuated on them by their mother if that was what or, or by their father or whatever if that was what happened yeah that was very strange though i didn't but they don't explore that in any way they just get just all implied or you are just told to us by storyline yeah yeah by crazy jessica chastain so yeah that was i that was worse for me than the than the rest of the stuff. Well, yeah, I like mean, I was like, oh yeah, they're sleeping together because you but- look at her in a different light if you think if, if when you think of her as being like a predator, but then if you think of her as a 14, 12 or fourteen year old girl, like right, exactly, and it did not, seem like the light it, it they were casting feels, on her is predator, right? Yeah, and it it feels like yeah that she was just evil from the start. She was always right. evil, and I mean that that just seems sort of. I guess, again, that's a Victorian era thing of of people being born good and bad and born sinful and women being born sinful. Yeah. It's not even just that the women part of it. Like, because he was trying to switch around genders, which was didn't work with that particular thing, but I think that was the aim there. Yeah. Um, But it was more that, like, if she was around 13 when they started doing this, it isn't – that isn't something that is, like – She's not at the age of consent either she's not, she's not, at the, not exactly yeah. and and she, she's, she's not, not praying meditating in the way that say um when you look at something like psycho it's the mother per- perpetrating the abuse on yeah, yeah. like a child it, yeah exactly so you, what you've got then is a monster who is not well you know she was like oh that's what mother said when she You found can us, understand that you're monsters, why she like- became a monster you feel a bit more empathy for her I guess so, but I don't know if that's what they were intending. It seemed like they were intending to go for yeah. I was. She telling, was. I had trouble evil. with that. I just kept feeling like she was. I, I was like, why is she so evil? Why is it just her? What's going on here? But they they were really trying put it all on her. Well, I mean she did all the murders. Yeah. She did the murder. <laughs> she committed all the murders. All the she poison- was definitely the all the, more all the violent. All the, the two. poisoning. They that there's that old myth about poison being a women's weapon. And all also Which is well, Sherlock she, Holmes line. Sorry. Yeah, but I, then you yeah. but there you go. Like the poison it's not true, but it's it's a Sherlock Holmes line. She also disproves that by just bashing people's heads in. But um I, I feel like what they were trying to get at with that doesn't quite work because I think when she's an adult she definitely is like preying on yeah. Thomas. But right, not, but, but she, how could she possibly could, be when she was only thirteen? Or yeah, 14? exactly. That's not. And then they go, "Oh, he, you were only twelve, and your story was believable, but she was fourteen, and you're like, she was fourteen. Yeah. It's not that much older. The, the, there's only well, two yeah, years." What, this in is this. like the um the sexualization of teenage girls and yeah you know, that sort of stuff. It, the yeah. idea that girls are as soon as they are sexually mature, they're mature and. Uh, it's so that that's right, like got gross Lolita-ish overtones, and sending her off to an asylum, and ugh. yeah, I guess so. Again, I I do really think he was trying to switch the gentis. So yeah, like, it maybe he was, but I've I whenever there's an incest storyline, it's always these predatory women, often with the mothers and stuff. Really, yeah. In horror movies, it te- yeah, it does tend to be more. I think that's horror movies are all about subverting, like. You mean dealing with taboos, is that what you Yeah, you're dealing yeah. with taboos. And, like, talking about sexual women is a taboo. So, I, I mm-hmm. think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if the intention that we're giving it is what – I think he was trying – he was sort of going, you would usually see this with a boy being the – Yeah, well, because it's right? usually – that's like the, you know, the oldest domestic violence storyline in the book of this man who yeah. gets sick of his wives and kills them. Right. So, I think that's what they're trying to Im- – like they're actually trying to go mm. the like it's the other way around, but then when you're looking at the ages that they were and stuff, it just doesn't it doesn't mm. quite fit right. And Lucille then just becomes suicidal, basically. So you're like, oh, okay, yeah. I don't know. I didn't think that climax worked well. No, it's too there's it's too melodramatic. Like yeah. it's too much going on. There. Everything up, everything in the mansion between getting there and that the climax works quite well. Mm-hmm. Even the discovery of the two of them having sex and, and That's well her done falling well. down, that is really well, good. Well, because the ghost, the ghost t- showing her the way yeah. and, yeah, yeah. That was really good. And you're like, oh, this is going to be a great climax. Then it starts and you're like, this is not a great climax. Mm. This is not working. So, yeah, that was disappointing. And talking about it, I feel like I liked it less, but I actually quite liked it when I was watching it for yeah. this part. Well, I think it's just that we've found things to pick at, but, I mean, it, it is an enjoyable experience. There's a lot in there to kind of keep you interested. Yeah. And it's, you know, I I really do think it's – the actors feel like they're having a good time doing it. Mm. And so that kind of comes across as like it's they really do a good job. Mm -hmm. And everybody kind of works nicely together and it's quite effective in that way, apart from Charlie Hunnam. Right. Um, And, um, well, even, you know, Jessica Chastain, accent issues aside – she seems to be really sinking her teeth into the role. Yeah. I, the accent issues with her didn't bother me quite as much, I don't think. No, I mean, um, she just kept – it just sort of kept dropping out. It dropped out at some quite climactic bits. When she's explaining everything at the end, it yeah. dropped at one point, and it was just a bit like, oh. Yeah, and there was clearly some ADR going on there. Mm, um, yeah. But it's it didn't jar as much as the two idiots at the post at office. Oh, the, the guys office. at the post office. Yeah. They I don't were... even know what that was, and then, the, then it's it was ADR. No, I, I do know it's it's kind of like a they're supposed be northern, yeah. yeah. I got that, but it was just not not, not good. good. <laughs> it was so bad, yeah. And yeah. also, why do they have those accents and the others have anyway? Because um, they're working class, Katie. <laughs> it's so bad though, and and there's like, they're mines and mines and mills, so you know we're up north and um. Well, they said a bunch of times that it was in Cumberland, so I don't actually know where Cumberland is. Okay, um, but yeah, it's it's so. She Her accent didn't really bother me that much. I knew it was dropping in and out, but she was committing to it enough that it really… Yeah, well, she was really committed. Yes, yeah, to the, ro- the part she was committed. Yeah, so that was and, good. Yeah, so it kind of made up for the accent awkwardness mm. a little bit. I actually thought that what, one of the interesting things to watch was that she was better at her accent when she was with… Hiddles. Mm. Like he her listening to him helped her. Yeah, of course. When when she was talking to um Edith Who she's is Mia, also not in native accent, but who she, isn't, but she, she uh, Mia does a does pretty does a good gra- accent. Yeah. She does a fine American accent. She hasn't had many problems with it in the past. No. Um but when she's talking to her, it, it drops much more. Mm. Yeah. Um also the bit at the beginning reminded me of Stoker a lot. Yeah, yeah. Which we really liked. Yes. Um the the flashback to the beginning, like so at the very beginning of the movie, there's a flash forward to the end of the movie Mm. when and again that just to me that was like you're telling me everything that's going to happen in stoker it's it's a big subversion what happens right like Mm. you you have no idea when you see her at the beginning of the movie that what she's actually going to become but in this Mm. one you're like oh she's clearly killed whoever's trying to kill her in the house and then you figure out that it's not the ghosts pretty quickly and then you figure out it's too much. Mm. It's too much information at the beginning for me. I was like, "Give us some mystery! Come on, build this up, guys." Yeah, I think that's probably probably it's a bit toothless. It is as right? far as it. Like, I mean, I know it's not and meant then to be a horror movie, but, but, but it's so icky and creepy what is actually going on that it could easily be built up to much be much more horrific. And well, I mean, it, it could be much more horrific. It doesn't have to be scary, as in jump scares yeah. and and ghosts and what and demons, but it. It's scary and hor- because it's horrifying. When Lucille stabs stabs Thomas, that's pretty creepy too. That scene works quite well. The two of them, yes. Well, when um, yeah, that whole like he when he's like confrontation had to scene. come and yeah, yeah. It was good. And and he just doesn't see it coming. No, even though we all do, he just doesn't. It's so like sad. <laughs> anyway, uh, we've been talking for too long, so let's give it a rating. Okay, three and a half, I think. That's what I was gonna give it. I'm just giving it another half for fun. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it, I think if they hadn't gotten – if it didn't look as good as it was and they hadn't got the, act, <laughs> the actors that it did, yes, <laughs> then I probably would have taken a whole star off. Yeah, there's, oh, there's probably like a star in there that's just Hiddles. Yeah, and Hiddles' bum and all that <laughs> sort of jazz. Not just him, though. I think the yeah. other actors – like the three of them do really are good. Well. Mm. The three of them, when they're together and they're in the house and all the tension is building, that's great. Mm. So – yeah, I would say three and a half as well. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Um, oh, no, never mind. I was going to do The Secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> having Hiddles come on the show is ours. Yes. I- um, they're filming Thor Ragnarok in Australia next year, and we have decided that we are going to get Tom Hiddleston as a guest on our show. So we're doing The Secret and putting it out there. So, we're going to have Tom Hiddleston as a guest on this show next year. If any of you know anybody who can help us out with our quest to get Tom Hiddleston on this podcast, any an of you people who are listening to our podcast, I know there's not that many of you, but you guys are really great. So, come on. Let's do this. Yes, you are. You send us nice emails and interesting movies to watch. Um, anyway, but I will now wrap up for reals. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to read our show notes or send us an email about how you know Tom Hiddleston, you can do that on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If if you want to find us on social media, we are facebook.com forward slash Queens at screen underscore queens on Twitter and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. And if you would like to read Katie's review of Crimson Peak or of any of the other films that she watches throughout the year, you can do that on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. Um, and also, um, if you listen to our podcast and you like our podcast, please rate and review us. If you do rate and review us, we will watch any movie that you want us to watch, even if it's boring or terrible or anything like that we did watch 2001 a space odyssey we got through it so we can do anything um no porn (laughs) yes yes thank you bye bye